All right, today we're gonna to talk about subconscious blocks to losing weight, which is probably the main reason why you're struggling to lose weight more than anything else is the subconscious blocks you have. So uh, the way to resolve them is to know about them, right? Now the good news is that once you understand them, it's a lot easier to fix them because if you don't know they're broken, right? What's that saying? If you don't know something's broke, you can't fix it. And uh, that's kind of how it is with the subconscious blocks, all right? So the first thing to understand when it comes to subconscious blocks is what's your subconscious mind, right? Um, oh, welcome, happy to be alive. I, I know, I recognize you. Uh, so we, well, let me start with the, the subconscious mind first, right? And so we have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. And it is the subconscious part of your mind that's running your weight. Right? Um, the conscious part of your mind is logical and rational. It's the part of you that knows you should lose weight, knows what you should do, wants you to do it, tries to get you to do it. The subconscious part of your mind is not logical and rational. It just associates things together. It does what it's done. It runs the programs that have been installed into it without your awareness. And so this is the part of you that controls most of your thinking, feeling, and most importantly, your habitual behaviors that are controlling your weight. So when you want to really change your weight, we want to focus on the level that's controlling your weight, right? And that is not your conscious mind. And uh, if you don't believe me with that, uh, then how would you explain your struggle to lose weight, right? Because you want to lose weight as much as anything in the world, right? I mean, you think about it all the time. You've been thinking about it all the time for decades, and yet here you are um, at probably the same or similar weight, you know, that you normally are at. So how's that possible? What's your explanation? <laughs> right. You probably don't have one. You know, again, I don't, it's not your fault. Uh, you've been hypnotized, right? Which is to say, what, what's hypnosis? It's just a way to influence your subconscious mind. It's not some weird thing where you're going to cluck like a chicken. Um, that stuff's goofy. That's stage hypnosis. It's a stage show, okay? Actual hypnosis is the ability to influence your subconscious mind, the part of you that's running your behaviors, you know? And so if you don't realize that, though, then what you try to do to lose weight is have more knowledge, more information about what you should do. You try and force yourself to do it more. And how does that work? Right, probably not too well. What ends up happening is you, you get motivated for a little while and you try and force yourself to act differently and then you can only maintain it for a little while. It's a struggle. It's difficult to keep it up, right? And um, if you're at, you know, most, most of my clients, you know, get to your 40s, 50s, 60s, and now it's hard to even get yourself to start anything because you're like, what's the point, right? You feel completely apathetic because you don't have a real plan to lose weight. You have this strategy of just trying to force yourself to act different and it ain't working, you know? So the good news is that it's not, um, it's, it's a completely different process than you thought, right? So that's the good news because it'll give you a new way to try and create the changes in your body and your life that you want to create, you know, as opposed to just trying to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Right. So someone says, how does hypnosis work process-wise? That's a great question, okay? So first off, you have to understand that everyone can be hypnotized. You've been hypnotized. When you watch a movie, when you watch a TV show, that is hypnosis, right? Think about it. You're sitting there in a very passive state. And um, let me back up a little bit. The, the simple definition of hypnosis is the bypassing of the critical faculty, right? Which, what did I say? Your conscious mind's critical and logical, rational. So we're bypassing your conscious mind to communicate with your subconscious mind. That's all hypnosis is. It's not a weird, unusual thing. Like I said, every single time you watch a movie or a TV show, you are in a state of hypnosis, right? Think about it. You're just accepting the premise, 
right? You're not sitting there like analyzing every little thing that's going on. Well, some people do, right? But but it's like, you know, you're just there passively and you're just like, okay, this is the scenario. And what you're doing is you've got mirror neurons. So whatever you're watching, whether it's sports or a show or a movie or whatever, is you're imagining that you're one of the characters in the show to some degree. And you're getting the experience vicariously of that show you're watching, right? And so that is hypnosis. It's your imagination, imagining that it's in that scenario and you're getting some of the feelings that you would get if you were in that scenario. Right. Sports is probably the most obvious. <laughs> so you, you like even though you're sitting on a sofa eating chips and drinking a beer, you feel like you're competing in the Olympics to a little bit. Right. You get that feeling of competition in you. So that is hypnosis. You, you know, you're not competing and yet you feel a sense of competition. Right. It's weird. It doesn't make any logical sense. Um, but that's the experience, isn't it? Right. You ever watch some if you're into sports, you know, um, if you're not into sports, like I said, a movie or a show. Right. And you're having all these emotions and all these feelings. Well, how? Right. And none of this stuff's logical. <laughs> so how are you having these experiences? How are you having these emotions? Because it's your imagination and your subconscious mind doesn't understand the difference between vivid imagination and reality. This is why when you watch a horror movie, you're nervous. Right. You're in a safe place. If you're watching a comedy, you'd be laughing. But you're watching a horror. So you imagine yourself in that scenario while you're in your safe environment you imagine yourself in that scenario and you have that experience of being nervous, intense, right? Because your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference. You know, this goes so far. I always think of this when I'm watching like I, the movie I've seen 50 times, right? And if it's a really well done movie, like I'm, 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 I'm tense, I'm nervous, right? Because I'm, I'm in the movie, you see? Now, again, how does it, understanding this is crucial to understanding literally how your mind works and obviously understanding how hypnosis works because this is a completely illogical process. Right? You're sitting on a sofa watching light on a screen and sound coming out of a speaker. You shouldn't be having these visceral reactions to this, to this stuff you're watching, yet you do, okay? So that's all hypnosis is. It's the ability to influence your imagination, your subconscious mind. Imagination is the language of the subconscious mind, okay? This is why sometimes you'll see a movie that really impacts you and it'll stick with you for a couple of days. You'll be thinking about it. It'll affect you emotionally. We've all had that. Okay, so that is hypnosis because you've imagined something, you've had that experience and it's impacted how you think and feel about something. So that's all hypnosis is. Someone says, is this like the law of attraction? Um, I guess, but it's with way more context. You know, I, I like the law of attraction, but it's, it's so simplistic. <laughs> I sent a donut, I like that. That's cool looking donut. Um, the law of attraction, I like a, a part of it and I, and I agree with some of it, but I, I think it's very incomplete in my opinion. I, I think just imagining what you want isn't enough. You know, I think you have to imagine what you want. I like that part. But I think more importantly, you have to imagine yourself doing the things that are going to get you the outcome you want. I think this idea of just wishing for stuff all the time, I don't know. I'd be pretty nervous about doing that, especially when it comes to weight. You know, I, I think it's more important. I, again, I, I like connecting the outcome and really getting fixated on that and orienting yourself from that perspective and living life as if you have the goal already. I like all of that. Okay. But I also think that there's got to be some nuts and bolts strategy that you work on and the, the specific behaviors and actions that are going to get you the outcome you want. That's the strategy that I'm a big fan of. So yes, love the law of attraction. Um, I, I don't think it's enough personally has been enough for me. Okay. And so what we're doing with hypnosis is we're influencing the subconscious mind to give us the results that we want. And what you're typically doing, you don't realize this, is that you're typically using your subconscious mind and hypnotizing yourself to be overweight. You don't realize how you're even doing this. And you do this because you imagine yourself as an overweight person primarily, 
You know, even when you want to lose the weight, you say, I want to lose X amount of pounds, but you're in order to imagine yourself losing weight, you're typically imagining yourself as being overweight and then losing weight. All right. Um, someone says how to develop imagination. Is it similar to lucid dreaming? That's a good question. It's boy, lucid dreaming is a whole other thing, right? It, it, it's fascinating subject. If you don't know anything about lucid dreaming, it is fascinating and it's real. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say, is it similar to lucid dreaming? It, a little bit, a little bit, I would say, but you, how do you develop the imagination? Well, let, let's stick with that one. Cause I don't want to get too, I don't want to get off track with the lucid dreaming. Although I, I would love to, that's a great question. Um, but how do you develop your imagination? Okay. Is that you you already do this. So I want to make this clear. You know, when I teach people hypnosis and that's what I do, I, I teach people how to hypnotize themselves. It's, it's the, you know, kind of give a person a fish, feed them for a day, teach a person a fish, feed them for a lifetime. So compared to like hip, if I hypnotize someone or whether they actually learn how to hypnotize themselves, the, the self-hypnosis is infinitely more effective and useful. Okay. So how do you use your imagination? Well, you're already using your imagination. So, you know, when I go and show people how to do this, it's not like I'm teaching them hypnosis. I'm teaching them how they've been doing hypnosis and how to do it differently. So I use always the example, like imagine someone like drives to work every day and they drive and it's a lot of traffic. It's, it's gross. It's like, it's, it's the ugly part of town. They don't like it and all that stuff. Right. And then one day I say, oh, you know what? There's a new road this other way. It's half the distance. There's no traffic. And it's a beautiful scenery, you know? Well, they're going to start doing that. Now they didn't need to, have to learn how to redrive the car. They just need to learn to go a different path. And so that's how I think of this. You're already hypnotizing yourself every day all day your entire life and you will for your whole life that that that's that so so it's not a question of if you can be hypnotized you can be will you let someone else hypnotize you well that's a question you know and, and that depends on a lot of factors but who cares but what matters is why are you getting the results you're getting and why can't you change them right that, that's what i'm concerned with and the reason why is that you are hypnotizing yourself all day every day to be if, if you're struggling with your weight to, to be overweight and you're hypnotizing yourself all day, every day to create all the results you have. Okay. And I think that's a, a good way to think about it. I'll, I'm going to back it up in a second here. So you want to develop your imagination because the language of the conscious mind is language, right? So I could tell you, Oh, you want to lose weight? Well, you got to cut calories and you're going to do this because it can make you healthier. And I can give you all the reasons why. And you could agree with those. You already know those. You could write a paper on why you want to lose weight. So it's not, you're not lacking reasons necessarily, you're not, la you know, lacking understanding of why you should do it. What you're lacking is the subconscious programming. And what the subconscious programming is, the easiest way to influence it is through your imagination. Now, you can also influence your subconscious mind most powerfully through action. So I want to make that clear. <laughs> so we're talking about hypnosis. That's a stepping stone to get you to take the right actions. And it's probably the most effective stepping stone to get yourself to take those actions. So you haven't taken the actions and you want to take the action. Well, yeah, great. Go do it. Okay. That's ideal. Okay. But if you're having trouble getting yourself to just do the right thing, the next best step is using hypnosis to program your subconscious mind. It's kind of a half step training wheels to get yourself to do the behavior. Hope that makes sense. And we want to use imagination to do that. Okay. So what you're doing most of the time is you're using your imagination to do behaviors and to get results that you don't want. Right. And so what I mean by that is that if we go to the two rules of the subconscious mind, your subconscious mind does not understand negatives and it doesn't know the difference between vivid imagination and reality. And so when it comes to weight loss, typically what you do is you focus on how you don't want to be overweight. I don't want to be fat. Don't want to keep eating the wrong foods. Don't want to keep overeating. You keep talking about what you don't want to do. 
And this literally reinforces that behavior, right? So if I tell you not to think about a banana, don't think about a banana, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about a banana. Now, why is that, right? This will help you understand what I'm talking about here. Because when I say don't think about a banana, the word banana is a verbal anchor that you have to make sense of that word. And so what happens is your visual cortex lights up with the image of a banana. And so you imagine banana, okay, I know what he means. And then you try not think about it, whatever process, put an X over it, make delete it, whatever. But typically when you try and lose weight, you say, okay, I got to stop eating ice cream. You stop eating cookies. Like, I'm not going to eat today. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat this afternoon. Right? And so you're saying, I'm not going to do the thing. And you're literally focusing yourself on the exact thing that you don't want to do, which creates cravings for it. It creates this forward propulsion to do it. You see? And you try and stop yourself with your willpower. How's that working? How's that working for you? <laughs> Um, you know, so what we want to do with imagination, it, the first step is who do you want to be? So one, one suggestion I give you is instead of saying, I want to lose X amount of pounds because that references your overweight body, losing that weight is instead I would say, I want to be X amount of pounds. I want to be a size blank. And then way more important than that is I want to be this version of myself So make it more than just this visual aspect. Who do you want to be? Right. Who are you on this? put on this earth to be? What's the best version of you? And the more you start to develop that idea and the more you start to think about it through your imagination, the more compelling it becomes. And you kind of magnetize it. The more you think about it, you magnetize it and you start to be compelled and pulled towards it. You know, So that's how you start to develop your imagination. It's hard simply because understand the primary organizing principle of your brain is to conserve energy. Okay, that, that's the number one way your brain's made up is it wants to conserve energy, okay? So it's a lot easier to think about the things you're currently doing that are wrong that you want to stop doing. You already, the things you're doing wrong, you have the neural connections, they're there. You can look at them and say, I don't want to do that. It's a lot easier to say, I don't want to do that than it is to say, well, what do you want to do? Eh, you got to think about that or you got to figure that out. So the first step of imagination of utilizing it is to think about who do I want to be? You don't have an answer for this. You have a vague sense. I just want to be thinner. I just want to lose the weight. But there's no real complete concrete idea of who you want to be with, with a lot of detail. Is there? You know? Because if there was, that's what you you would start moving oriented towards that. So in my program, one of the first things we do, motivation is always the first step. But the next step is self-image. I was just doing a, a call, a coaching call with my clients. And it was like, you have to create this idea of who you want to be. It, it, you've got to do it. It's a self-image. Maxwell Maltz came up with this. He was a, a plastic surgeon back in the 50s and he would fix a lot of deformities. That's what plastic surgery was back in the 50s. And he would fix these deformities on people and he would realize a lot of them just uh, acted the same, even though the deformity was gone. And it led him to an awareness of the self-image. You know, So uh, we're, it's less about what we look like on the outside even. It's more about what, how we think about ourselves. And most likely your self-image, you just absorbed it from the people you grew up around and the situations you've had, you know? And so you've never sat down and really like wrote out, who is the ideal me? What is my ideal self-image? Who do I want to be, you know? And once you do that, it starts to become, that becomes the focus. Because your weight loss right now is all about who you don't want to be, isn't it? Honestly? Right. You're obsessed with who you don't want to be, how you don't want to keep overeating, how you, you know, a lot of people, they hate themselves. They hate their behaviors. They hate their body. And you think that hate's going to get you to the goal. Right. That's what you're doing. <laughs> Do you have a clear, compelling idea of who you want to be inside and out? Is that clear in your mind? 
It's not for most of my clients, you know? That's a challenge. It's a challenge to even come up with it because you're not thinking that way generally, you know? But that's that's what you want to do because you think like what's going to change your weight is just this logical understanding. You're obsessed with the question, what's wrong with me? How come I can't lose weight? Because you think you're going to get some, uncover some information that's going to instantly change everything. This cognitive breakthrough is just instantly going to change your weight. You've been obsessed with that question your whole life, most likely, or at least decades. And so what I'm telling you is that there's no answer that's going to fix that. You know, it's a process. Changing your weight and using imagination to do it, it's really a process. Um, much more like visualization is how you should probably think about it. You know, like athletic visualization, that, that's a context that you can make a lot more sense of it. So it's like, what does someone do? Well, they're thinking about how they want to, let's just use golf, right? They're imagining how they want to hit the ball, right? How they want to hold themselves. They're imagining the perfect shot. They're imagining themselves feeling relaxed and calm. You know, whatever state is, is best for a golf swing. They're imagining them doing this shot perfectly. They're imagining the ball going exactly where they want it to go. Okay. That's all about what they want to do. Now let's compare that to your weight loss strategy. What's that one? Oh, I got to stop eating ice cream at night. I got to stop being overweight. I got to stop being lazy. Right? It's, it's all about what you have to stop doing. And what that means to your subconscious mind is almost nothing. You know, it, it's just, I got to, I eat ice cream every night. I got to stop eating ice cream every night. What's the difference? What are you going to do then? If you don't eat ice cream, what are you going to do? Well, you don't know. And so you're approaching this in a completely logical way where you just keep saying what you have to stop doing. Is that working? Is that changing your behavior? It's not. <laughs> because subconsciously, it's the same thing. There's no difference between I'm going to eat ice cream tonight, I'm not going to eat ice cream tonight in your, in your subconscious mind. You know? And so this is why you, know, you, you kind of get these results here. You know? um, is music, podcasts, and movies a real form of hypnosis? Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> anything books podcasts musics documentaries movies these are all forms of hypnosis every single commercial you see for food is a form of hypnosis you know um geez i just saw the greatest thing about marketing it was by steve jobs and he was talking about like nike for example right and so like the nike commercials are probably the most oh there's a lot of hypnotic ones but but nike commercials may be some of the most hypnotic commercials that exist Right now, notice in these commercials, they're not giving you all the logical reasons why their shoes are better, right? They're not talking about what their shoes are made out of or how the soles are put together or whatever, right? What are they doing? They're just showing you emotional images of amazing athletes doing amazing things. And what happens? It gets you all emotional and worked up. And then they link that to their, their shoes, right? Every food ad is doing the same thing. They're not trying to logically give you the nutritional reasons why you should get it. Almost every ad is just showing you something to elicit to the emotion in you. And then they're linking their product to it. You know, soda's probably the best at this. You know, it's like, especially like a Mountain Dew, for example, right? So, so when you think of Mountain Dew, oh, it's a young drink. So young skateboarders and, you know, X game type people, you know, doing adrenaline rushing things, you know? And so you watch all these commercials, you link that stuff together and it affects you. You know, it impacts you on a subconscious level. It's not logical. It's subconscious. Like it's Pavlovian, right? What did Pavlov do? He saw that the dogs were salivating when they saw the food. Right? That's a natural response. And what he did is he said, I'm going to ring a bell while I show them the food and they were, they salivate. And that turned into a conditioned response. He linked the bell to the food. And so it elicited the same exact response. That's what the food advertisers are doing to you. That's what all advertisers are doing to you. They're linking their product with emotions that have nothing to do with their, their thing. Right? Why would soda have anything to do with being young and doing X games? Do you know what I mean? Like on the surface level. You know, um, it's Coca-Cola, right? When they write their, your name on the can, 
right? What, what, think about that. What sense does that make? Well, what happens is you personalize the can. You start to have these these weird <laughs> feelings for it. You start to personalize it like it's a person, like you care about it, you love it, you know? And so um, this is all real, you know, and, and every single ad is is hypnosis in the sense that it's it's using imagination to influence your subconscious mind, right? Because people say, oh, those ads don't, don't affect me. They don't affect me. I'm not going to buy that. I don't care about that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> if you're watching it, you know what I mean? Like it's going to have some impact. Now, again, some ads have more impact than some have others. It depends on what the thing is. You know, if you love McDonald's food and you haven't had McDonald's for a couple of weeks and you're really craving it and been thinking about it, and then you see a McDonald's ad, you're not going to ignore that. <laughs> that thing's going to, it's going to trigger all these, these subconscious feelings you have for McDonald's. It's going to trigger and bring them to the surface and make you more likely to go get McDonald's soon. You know, <laughs> and that's happening all day, every day of our lives, you know, and it's happened with the dieting too, even with the weight loss. Like the way you think about weight loss is not logical and rational. Right? If it was, you wouldn't be dieting because nothing's less effective for losing weight than dieting. And yet that people keep doing it. How many times have you tried the same diet with the same result? Does it make any logical sense to keep trying it again? No, but you do it because that's all you know about weight loss. You, you've been America in general is just literally living in this hypnotic state when it comes to their weight loss, this hypnotic state that is really a diet hypnosis. You know, where if I'm going to lose weight, I want to do it quick. I want, I want fast results. And so if I want fast results, I have to do something extreme. If I'm doing something extreme, I better be perfect. Or what's the point? And if I make a mistake, it feels like I blew it. Ta-da. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, that's what people do. You know, um, you have no idea. I always say this to people just to prove a point that, you know, everyone watching this, if you want to lose weight, you probably would want to lose weight for decades. And uh, you know as little now about how to actually lose weight as you did before you started your first diet, which is to say, you know, nothing, literally nothing. And you know, nothing more, you know, you got these tactics. Oh, I did Weight Watchers back then. I'm going to try and do that again. You know, you don't know how to motivate yourself. You have no idea about your self image. You have no idea about habits and how they run in your brain. You don't know how to deal with emotions. You know, you don't know how to change your thinking. <laughs> you don't know how to maintain your, your momentum. You know, there's so many things that diets leave out because the diets don't want you to lose weight, by the way. I, I say this every, every live stream, but, um, the diets are the food companies, right? Weight Watchers is owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Uh, Atkins Foods was owned by the same company on Cinnabon, Cinnabon and Onions Pretzels. You know, these companies don't want you to lose weight. They want you to restrict your calories for a little while because they know that's going to ultimately cause you to eat more calories. What the hell effect? Look it up. Right? So you're just caught in this trap where you think you know what to do. This is what, this is what you say. I know what to do to lose weight. I just got to get myself to do it. I'm here to tell you, you don't know how to lose weight. You don't know how to lose weight. You have a couple tactics that could work if you could force yourself to do them, you know? <laughs> Someone says, yeah, right? I just spit it like it is, you know? Like, what, what can I say? You know, that's why I do this. I My goal in life is to help as many people as possible. This is my goal. It's my mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And so I've been, I've been my own path for 30 years. I've been doing this professionally for over 20 years. And um, last fall, I, I said, you know, I've been doing a lot of private coaching. Last year, I spent a lot of time um, training coaches in the program yourself then method. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not doing things to get to my mission fast enough. So I reorganized what I do, and um, I pulled back from private coaching, and I freed up time to do these every day, <laughs> or at least as close to every day as I can, because I, I here to like just point out that you're in this hypnotic state of of dieting when it comes to weight loss. This applies to every area of your life, but I really just like to focus on the weight because to me, weight weight is life and death. My father died at 54 of a heart attack, you know? Didn't have a chance. You know what I mean? He knew too, and he just could not. 
had, he didn't have the first clue how to change his behaviors or his weight, you know? And that's most people, you know? That's what I've been working on with people, literally 20 years, you know? So anyways, there's a lot of things to learn, but I mean, the, the, the thing I do primarily to get on here is just, because I know you feel bad about yourself. You think, oh, the reason I can't lose weight is because I'm something wrong with me, you know? And I'm here to tell you that's not the problem. The problem is not you. The problem is that you don't have a good strategy. You don't know how to lose weight. I can't make it more simple than that. Stop saying you know how to lose weight. <laughs> People are saying that. They'll argue with me, you know, um, is, well, I know how to lose weight. I just got to get myself to do it. Well, if you don't know how to get yourself to do it, then you don't know how to do it. That's the most important part. So let me back it up. Because this is the diet thing. This idea that you you think you're missing like a meal plan. You think you're like one meal plan away from turning it all around. You know, I could give you the perfect meal plan. The problem is you can't get yourself to follow it consistently. You have no idea how to change your behaviors. You don't know how to change your thinking or how you feel. You know, my, my approach is mindset based, but it's also how you feel, knowing how to feel better so that you can eat in a way that gives you the body and the weight that you want. It's way more complex than you think. So on one hand, it's like, it's more complex and it's harder on one hand, but it's easier in the sense that at least it's a friggin' plan. <laughs> at least it's a roadmap. Cause you have literally no roadmap right now. You're just like, you're living in this hypnotic state. Like, well, someday, maybe, maybe it'll be this weekend. I hope Monday. Well, it's a new month coming up. Maybe, maybe Monday. Okay. January was tough. It was tougher than I thought it was going to be. February's coming up. Maybe I think February next Monday, I'm going to do it. This is going to be it. Magic Monday theory. Right. And it's like, how long have you been doing that for? You know? And, and it's like, it wouldn't be a problem if a, you didn't feel like total shit because of the weight physically, mentally, and emotionally. And the other biggest part of it all is that the weight is literally going to reduce your life most likely, you know? So it's like, it's going to literally li cause you to live less years on this planet. Your life will be shorter. You'll have less time with all the people you love. And the time you do have is going to be a lower quality because you feel like shit physically, mentally, and emotionally. So it's, it's life or death to me. It's, it's literally the, the key factor. Life. Not because of how you look. <laughs> okay. I don't make that clear. Um, so someone said how, how to maintain lifelong low weight. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing just right off the bat, your motivation, cause you have no idea how to motivate yourself. But I'll tell you the first thing you got to do is you've got to make it more important than weight. You have, you have no motivation to lose weight built into you. You have no brain structure, no body structures that make you want to lose weight. Your brain and body were evolved in a food scarce environment. Okay. So this is why it feels different when you eat a cookie as opposed to when you eat a carrot. Right? How easy would it be to lose weight if you felt as good to eat a carrot as it does to eat a cookie? It'd be easy, no problem, right? But it feels good to eat a cookie because your brain releases dopamine when you eat a cookie because there's a lot of calories in it. And your brain and body release lots of dopamine encouraging you to eat more when there's a lot of calories. Because in a food-scarce environment, that would lead to better, better survival. But now in a food-abundance environment, it leads to early death, less survival. You know? They call it the mismatch theory. You know, where the body and brains we've evolved in this modern world causes all kinds of problems and certainly with the weight, you know? So you got to find a better motivation than just wanting to lose weight and definitely more motivation than wanting to look better, you know? Listen, I want you to look better. <laughs> I'm, not sitting there, I'm not saying I don't want you to look better. I understand that, but I'm telling you, it's not enough motivation. And you could sit here and argue me that it is, that's all you care about, but it's literally defined as extrinsic motivators, the weakest form of motivation, scientifically proven, you don't even know intrinsic, extrinsic motivation, probably, because, and again, I'm not saying this to be an asshole. I just want to be clear about that. I'm saying it because you have spent 10, 20, 30, 40 years obsessed with your weight, and you don't know any of the actual processes or 
system to actually lose the weight and keep it off. What I'm trying to tell you is that you're in this diet hypnosis and you have a very, very superficial idea of how to lose the weight. And that's what's, that's why you're not getting the results you want, you know? So I say this to you to kind of wake you up, you know, um, you're in a trance, <laughs> a trance state. This is why you keep kind of doing the same thing and not getting any results. And you keep doing the same thing though, you know? So there is, um, you know, th there is a system, there is a way to approach it, you know? And again, I'm not gonna say it's easy, but at least it's a system that says like, okay, oh, if I do this and then I do this and I do this, oh, that all makes sense. You know, right now you're in this weird place. Like, I don't understand. I want to lose weight more than anything in the world. I never do it. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's where you're at. And that's where you've been at for 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, you know? Um, and it may never change, you know, that the time doesn't give you the wisdom on this one. Unfortunately, I, I've talked, you know, I mean, I'm, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions and I've had so many conversations with people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and sometimes even 80s, you know, uh, they didn't get the weight thing down, you know, so it, there's no wisdom with age on this one that, that fixes it, right? Someone says, just want to have a flat stomach, man. Well, that's not gonna be enough motivation probably. Um, I can't stop eating so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's deep and there's deeper reasons, uh, Okay, so trying to stop eating so much, right? That's what I mean. It's like this idea that you're just going to stop eating so much. Like, there's a reason why you're eating so much. Some of it's mental, some of it's subconscious, and some of it's physical. Your lifestyle, right, is the first. On the physical level, so I have three pillars of weight mastery, right? The, the first and most important level is mindset. Because without the mindset, nothing else is going to change or matter, okay? So my first level is mindset. The next level is lifestyle. And then there's the eating on top of that. But it's like to do the eating on, on its own, which is what you try and do. And even my eating thing, it's like, it's like strategic. There's strategy there, right? The diets are always giving you like a tactic, one tactic usually, okay? Um, and so it's just not enough. It's an incomplete plan, you know? And that's what I get on there to tell you. I, I, I educate you with the other things and to let you know that the diets don't, it's not a system. It's a tactic. They make you think of weight loss like a bank account, like credits and debits. And... Yeah, like on a technical, on a, on a really superficial, simple level, yeah, it's credits and debits of calories. But there's so much more to it. It's much more like the stock market. There's lots of things affecting everything else, you know? And so the mindset piece is, is crucial because that's the foundational piece that affects everything else. But then the lifestyle piece. I wouldn't even try and change my eating with my lifestyle out of whack. Like it would almost be pointless, you know? Because your lifestyle, and, and I'm going to guess, like even if you thought, oh, I got to change my lifestyle, you probably don't even know what I mean when I say lifestyle. If, write it down. If you want to write down what you think I mean by lifestyle or what you think lifestyle is, it's probably incomplete. And again, I'm not blaming you. These diets don't want you to lose weight. There's a lot of money being made with people being overweight. I think there's an obesity conspiracy and there's three main players, the food manufacturers, the diets, which are the same thing, and the medical establishment. They're complicit. You know, now I, I like the medical establishment, so I want to be crystal clear about this. But I think when it comes to weight, I, I, I don't know, you know, someone walk in 70 pounds of the doctors. Yeah, you should lose some weight. That's it. <laughs> how about you give them the talk about how dangerous it is? I mean, this is life or death, you know, make it seem more important, but I don't know. These three groups, I'll make a whole lot of money off of people being overweight. You eat too much food, food manufacturers, diets, you try and lose some weight, you give them lots of money. And the medical establishment makes a lot of money off of people having symptoms for being overweight and being unhealthy, you know? So I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's not a complete plan out there. There's little tactics they give you and uh, they're not enough typically, you know? So yeah, we say, I can't stop eating so much. I don't know how to control my eating. Well, let's take a look at your lifestyle for a second. You know, how are you living? Are you good? Cause, so here's my lifestyle plan. I'll, I'll let you, I don't know if you, 
I want you to take a second though. And I want you to just ask yourself this question. If you think like, okay, I got to change my lifestyle. Like what comes to mind when you think your lifestyle to make yourself healthier? And if, you, if you're really into this, you can write it down. And, and again, I only say this because I'm going to give you eight things. Okay. And uh, I've actually expanded it to, to 10 things now, but uh, you know, eight things that I'm going to share with you that if you don't have these things in place, like it's what's driving so much of your, your hunger. Okay. So here's the things. So here's the eight things I always help people implement into their lives is getting enough sleep. Really important. Hydration levels, being hydrated, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. Okay. So if you can get these eight things into your life, now I know it's, oh my God, that's a lot of stuff. Well, everything I do is all about practicality, you know? So it's like, I show people, you know, just right off the bat, you know, a, a three minute, you know, technique for, for getting six of those things every day, you know? Um, so you got to make it kind of simple, you know, but as soon as you start having these things in your life, that decreases your cravings, gives you more energy, uh, gives you more motivation, allows you to think more clearly, makes you feel more satisfied and full. Okay. People can't stop eating so much. It's almost like you have this endless hunger. You know, you know, some of that's what you're eating for sure as well. Um, but a lot of it's probably your lifestyle, you know? And so it's gotta be like this holistic approach. If you, if you want to master your weight, it's a holistic process. You know, there's no just cutting calories down because the calories it does, does matter. I'm, I'm not sitting here saying calories don't matter. They, they matter a lot, but your ability to reduce your calories for a sustained period of time without the lifestyle component seems almost impossible to me. I can't do it. Like when my lifestyle gets wobbly, I know I'll, I've got strategies up the wazoo to eat well. Been doing it for 30 years. But as soon as my lifestyle gets wobbly, my eating gets wobbly every time, you know? So I don't know how you would master your weight without having a lifestyle component to it. You know, and obviously in order to do any of those things, you need a mindset component to it. And the diets never teach you any of this stuff, you know? So I don't know, you know? Um, but I say this to you because I want you to, to not blame yourself. Because I think what I find is a lot of times people with the diets, they're like, well, look at the diets. Look at the before and after picture. All these, these people all did it. Why can't I do it? There must be something wrong with me. No, there's nothing wrong with you. Diets, the statistics, take them or leave them. Brian Watson came up with this, the, the food director at the Cornell Food Lab there. 39% um, of people can't make it past a week on a diet. 75% can't make it past a month. And 95% ultimately can't keep the weight off. So I, I don't know. How accurate are those numbers? I don't know. They, they seem to bear out to me. That's what I see. How long can you go on a diet typically? Right? How long do you go? <laughs> you know, so it's not you. When the numbers are that bad, it's not a you problem. It's a strategy problem. It's the diets, you know? But the problem is, you. this is the hypnosis sometimes. You're locked into thinking about it in one locked in way. And so what I try to get out here is just kind of give you a different perspective and point out how how inadequate this one is, you know? It's like you're, you're bringing a, you know, a, a stick to a bazooka fight, you know? You're woefully unprepared to change your weight with the diet. You know, so I just try and point that out so you can get on a path and start, start finding your way, you know, um, first thing you do, go watch my track. I put a training. You can look at my description or in my bio, three steps to master your weight. Hey, go watch it. It's free. You go click the link, put your name and email address in, press the play button. 50% of the people, that's what stops them. <laughs> um, press the play button and watch it. It's 30 minutes. They'll break all this stuff down a systematic way. And at least then you can, and then I talk about my program, but you don't have to watch that, but at least you'll have a much more accurate uh, it's a little more complex, so I'll give you that, but at least it's an accurate strategy and plan to really master your weight because right now you're just winging it, you know? Someone says, aren't food cravings real physiological signals? Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely they are. And I want to be clear about that, by the way, is that um, I, I believe in the mindset piece, but I think of it like this. So, so I talk about the pillars, right? Where I said the mindset, lifestyle, eating. And I think metaphorically, almost like it's a tree and the mindset stuff's like under the ground. You know what I mean? The roots of it all. And then what we can see is kind of like the physical part of it, the, the lifestyle and the eating part. So absolutely, your, your cravings are physiological. They're, they're real. Okay. And a lot of that stuff, there's a mental component to them as well, but they're primarily real and created by how you're living your life and what you're putting into your mouth. Mostly that's where most of your cravings are coming from. And so here's a distinction for you. I know diets love to get you focused on macronutrients, fat, carbs, protein, right? As a distinction, they like that because the way diets work is like, just like a magician, magicians are work through misdirection. Right. So they get you focused over here while the magic's happening over here. Okay. So the diets do the same thing. They're trying to focus you over here and not think about certain things over here. And so, um, getting yourself focused on macronutrients. This is why the food companies own the diets because they want to get you fixated on calories and macronutrients. And they don't want you really thinking about the quality of the food you're getting nourishment, micronutrients, you know? So one distinction I like for you to think about is how, what percentage of your food is powders? And what do I mean by powders? Flour and sugar, right? Because flour can show up in a lot of, flour can come out like a bagel. And so they say like, oh, I'm eating this hard, chewy thing. Well, it's just powder. It turns into powder in your body. So how much of the food you're eating a day, percentage-wise, is a powder, flour and sugar? And it could be easily be up 60, 70%. So don't be shocked or surprised or feel really bad. You're, you're not alone. It's very common. Okay. But if you're, if 50, 60% of your foods are powders, well, guess what? You're going to have a real hard time with cravings for sure. And it's all physiological <laughs> for real. So it's that endless Western hunger. It's unique to America. It's, we're exporting it around the world now, but we really have taken it to the, the extreme here, you know? We all know what that feels like. We all know what the endless hunger feels like. You could eat 2,000 calories and be hungry an hour later. How is that possible? Well, it depends on how your calories are packaged. Eat 2,000 calories of fiber and vegetables <laughs> and see how hungry you are in an hour. You're not going to be hungry. You wouldn't even be able to eat that much calories um, in its natural form. You see? So, yeah, they are physiological. Yep. But there's a mindset piece to it as well. So it says, does acting or pretending to be the person you want to be on your everyday life a way to hypnotize yourself? Yes, absolutely. That's one of the primary tactics I use. So in my program, the very first thing I teach people is the program yourself thin technique, which is really a combination of two techniques, the redo and the rehearsal technique. And this is a way for you to hypnotize yourself. And again, I, I almost hate that word at this point because you get this image of all this goofy imagery. But it's like, again, when you watch, you watch TV because it's hypnosis. Why do you think you watch TV? Oh, well, it feels good. Well, why does it feel good? <laughs> why do you think it feels good? Why does it feel better than a book? Because it's easier. It's, it's just passive imagination. You just sit there and you watch and your mirror neurons light up and your subconscious mind is vicariously experienced whatever you're watching on the screen. And it feels good. So you're using your imagination constantly, but you're not using it um, intentionally. So yeah, you're right. Acting and pretending as the person you want to be is very powerful. It's one of the core things. So yeah, that's a, that's a way to hypnotize yourself. Now you're doing this all the time anyways, by the way. Okay. But you don't realize you're doing it because you do it so well. Cause like, okay, tomorrow's going to be Wednesday. And so if tomorrow is somewhat of a normal Wednesday for you, okay, let's just assuming it's just a, a regular typical Wednesday, you know, already tomorrow what you're going to do pretty much down to the calorie almost. 
if you're really honest with yourself. Let's be honest, right? You know where you're going to go, where you're going to be pretty much right throughout the day. And if you're really honest with yourself, you know when you're going to eat and what you're going to eat. Because, listen, you're not making like different unique food choices every single day. You got to stop thinking that. And I know you think that because everyone does. But your, your eating is very pattern oriented. You're not like every week eating something different than the week before. You know what I mean? Like and constantly just on this, this scale of always new eating. <laughs> like it's not that way. You're, you're running in cycles. You have patterns you follow. You know, and so basically a good way to think of it is you live your life. I live my life. We all live our lives on somewhat of an autopilot. That's the way our brains are designed. Your conscious, logic, rational mind is your prefrontal cortex. It's about 10% of your brain. The other 90% of your brain is your subconscious mind. It just runs patterns. Yeah. So tomorrow's Wednesday. So there's subconscious environmental cues that are driving most of your life. And so because tomorrow's Wednesday, you have an idea how tomorrow's going to go. You have an idea what you're going to eat tomorrow. Now, it may not be 100%, but there's an options. There's options that you eat on a Wednesday that are unique to Wednesday. And so you're kind of imagining what you're going to do on a subconscious level. You're not aware of it most likely, but you're imagining what you're going to do tomorrow. And part of that might be saying, don't eat the ice cream tomorrow night. Don't eat the ice cream. I'm not going to eat the ice cream tomorrow night. I'm not going to eat the ice cream tomorrow night. I'm not going to eat that. God damn, I'm eating the ice cream. You know what I mean? So just because you do that, that's that's hypnosis, by the way. Just because you're saying the whole along the way, don't do it. That That's literally hypnosis because, as I said, your subconscious mind doesn't understand the difference. Uh, it doesn't understand negatives. You know, so when you say don't eat the ice cream, your subconscious mind, literally, when I say don't eat ice cream, you're lighting up your visual cortex with ice cream, specifically the way you eat it. Maybe you eat it out of Ben and Jerry's thing. Maybe you scoop it into a bowl. You got your routine for how you eat what you eat. And so you say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. You're literally imagining yourself doing it. And so that's literally hypnosis. So you're hypnotizing yourself all the time. You know, um, someone says definitely hypnotized in trance state. What are the levels of a hypnotized trance present in the moment out of head plus relaxed? Um, I'm not sure if I understand that question, but we're, we're, we're regularly in trance states. Okay. Because that's our natural default setting. Okay. Um, not being in a trance state, I'll give you an example. If you ever gone like on a, like a vacation or a trip somewhere brand new where you've never been, especially if it's like another country, Okay, that's the best example of what I'm saying here. But if you go on a vacation somewhere new, now it's different in America, everything's kind of, you know, it's kind of the same everywhere now. But it's like if you ever go to another country, that's a good experience of what it feels like to not be in a trance, okay? Um, because you have to think about every single thing. Like you, you can't take for granted where to get a coffee. You don't know where to get any of the stuff that you normally get. So you have to think logically about every single thing you're going to do. And if you've ever done this, you know it's really tiring, right? Because that's not how you operate. You operate on autopilot. And so that's what you're trying to do, by the way, with dieting. When you try and diet, it's the same exact thing as like going to a different country for the first time ever. And it's like, oh, okay, now I'm going to eat this. Oh, okay, now what am I going to eat there? Well, I'm going to eat that. And it's like you're micromanaging every little thing you're going to eat. It's completely unnatural. Your brain's not designed to do that. It's very tiring. And so what happens? You're able to do it for a little while, and then you can't maintain it. You get tired, you get bored, you get distracted, you can't keep it up. And then you just go back to what you always do. Is that not what happens? How This is what I'm trying to say. Like, like you think you know about your weight, but you don't. And you got to accept that. That's the first step is acceptance. That you have no idea how to change your weight. Just because you know I should eat less food does not mean you know how to change your weight. Do you understand? Right? It's like you need to know the nuts and bolts. So I'll break it that way. So, so I, my mindset piece, right? When I take people through it, it's like how to motivate yourself. 
Do you know how to motivate yourself? Because you don't, right? <laughs> you know that. Um, weight loss motivation for most people is what I refer to as spontaneous pain-based motivation, right? Most of your motivation to lose weight in your life has been this spontaneous pain-based motivation of stepping on the scale. Oh my God. Seeing a picture of yourself. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm that big. Um, the clothes don't fit. I swore I was going to do something once this didn't fit. You see a reflection, you go to the doctors, right? And you feel so much pain. You're so upset. You say, I don't care what I got to do. I got to lose this weight, you know? And then in that, that state, which is a very trance state, very pain-based state, What's a trance state when you're not really logically thinking, you're just kind of autopilot. And that pain-based state, you're so upset that you're ripe for the picking. Because now you say, I just want to lose weight as quick as possible. And you choose some extreme plan. And you follow for a little bit, and then you don't, and then you just go right back to what you're doing. Is this not what keeps happening to you? Right? I mean, you think about it all the time, and then you spontaneously get really upset, and you start taking some action for a little bit, and then you go back to what you're always doing. And that's just repeating over and over and over again. Um. Or how do you hypnotize yourself? Yeah, action's a good hypnotizer in, in imagination. That, that's what I help people with. So it's a two-prong approach, right? So usually the way we get to action, you know, is through using your imagination, programming yourself to do the things you want to do. That's my, my program's called program yourself then. You're literally programming yourself to think, to feel, and to behave like a naturally thin person. Now, what's a thin person? A thin person is just a word I use when you're living at your goal weight. What's your goal weight? Your goal weight ought to be the weight that gives you the best quality of life. Here's another mistake people make. You're, you, most likely you're picking some arbitrarily low weight that you weighed when you were 18 or when you got married or whatever. And it's like you, your weight doesn't live in a vacuum. So when you're choosing your goal weight, you got to make sure that you take into account the quality of life, right? Because you could get to your goal weight or whatever weight you wanted to if you're just willing to eat carrots and drink water, but that's a shitty quality of life. So you're not going to want to do that. So you got to recognize what am I willing to do? You know, because the weight isn't in and of the weight is a means to an end. The weight in and of itself doesn't make you happy and thrilled and all the rest of it. If it did, no one would ever put the weight back on. You know, so you have to recognize what what lifestyle am I willing to live here? You know, what, what weight's going to give you the best quality of life? Take into account. That's the keto thing, right? So, oh, keto, yeah, I lose all the weight in the world if I never eat another birthday cake again, never had another slice of pizza. You know what I mean, it's like, that's a low quality of life. And so that's typically what happens to keto people is they, they get results and then they, they don't like living that way. You know, in addition, they feel like shit because they feel like someone poured cement in their gut. But um, beyond that, it just becomes, it's not, it's not a good quality of life. You feel, you feel separated. And you, you feel like you're not part of the, the, the clan a lot of times, right? And so you got to take that into account. What am I willing to do? You want to make this congruent, a process of being congruent, mastering your weight. All right. Someone says I'm more confused on how to lose weight than I was 25 years ago. Uh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I appreciate the honesty and the courage to write that. You know, that's my point. So it's like, you know, my program, my program is not easy. Like I say, it's like a college course compressed into eight weeks. You know, it's a, it's a 60 page workbook. You know, you, you create these, these customized, personalized blueprints, these roadmaps for you to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. So there's an initial expenditure of thought energy of, of coming up with these blueprints, this mindset blueprint, this lifestyle blueprint, and, um, you know, the uh, eating blueprint, you know, having the strategies. And so, oh, thanks for on YouTube, loving this channel. So thank you. Yeah, you can always find me on YouTube, by the way, if you're um, wherever you're at, Jim Kitsoulis, YouTube. Uh, I live stream these things. So you can watch them again. Uh, there's a podcast, Program Yourself Then. You can listen to that whenever you want. Again, my, my mission here is to get as many people as possible to live at their goal weight. And so I'm here all the time um, just, just giving the stuff away. Okay, Yeah, I have a program too because investing in yourself, and that, that's another level of, of you know, commitment. And that, that's just how it is. 
Um, but, but it's all, I'm just giving you everything as well, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, but people are confused. It, how can you be so confused is what I'm trying to tell you. And it's because the diet is a carnival game. The diets are carnival games and I'll break it down a little bit for you. How most of them work is they work on the one, the one, um, concept theory, right? And so they'll pick one thing that's conceptually easy to understand. And the, the best example is, is keto. Right, because there's nothing easier to understand and say, oh, just stop eating carbs. Right? Could anything sound easier than just stop eating carbs? Right? <laughs> and then you go to do it. And in the, the actuality of doing it, it's a whole different story. But every diet's basically on based on this. Right? Wait, wait, I just count points. Can you count your points? Then you can be thin. You know? <laughs> so you gotta watch out for this. I would say like the the diets are like the carnival games, you know. I don't know. I'm a sucker for this carnival game, like um, the basket one with the, the softball, the big softball thing. And it's like, you know, the guy, the carnival guy, and he's like throwing, he's hookshotting it, throwing it behind his back, through his legs, and gets it in every single time. Like, I could do that. And you go and do it and it bounces out. <laughs> and you throw it and bounce it out. That's what the diets are like, okay? And so you just have, you have to recognize that, okay? It's, um, it's a carnival game. And so it's meant to trick you. And you recognize this again. So you may not believe that or maybe you do. I don't know. But the, here's the, the question you got to ask yourself. And I think this proves it is that how could you have committed so much time to your weight and weight loss and dieting and know so little about how to actually lose weight? Because I know how to lose weight. Like I, I, I teach people this. <laughs> I got a whole program. Now, it's not the easy. It's not as easy as a diet. It's not as easy as, oh, just just stop eating that and then you'll be thin. So, so again, because I, I think that's bullshit. I, there's no way your eating is you. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, if you're going to actually master your weight, you're going to have to master your thinking, how you feel, your lifestyle, and how you eat. Don't know how you're going to do it other than that. And so if there's an easier way, I wish, and I would tell you about it. I have not found it, okay? And so if you only want easy ways, then this would not be for you. But I would rather just know, and I'd rather commit myself to it. People who, when it comes to weight loss, and I don't blame you for this because you're programmed, millions of, of weight loss ads you've seen in your life. And they have conditioned you to chase after that shortcut, you know, but you've spent all your energy chasing shortcuts instead of just committing to the process. You know, I always say it's like if you want to learn the piano, but the only things you'll learn from are like learn the piano in, in 24 hours, <laughs> learn the piano in seven days, right? That's the only thing you'll learn from, you know, and it's like if you did that, guess what? You probably wouldn't really learn how to play the piano because it's all just gimmicky. You know, and that's what the diets are. They don't get to the, the deeper levels of what it takes to change. I always call diets like just say no. Remember the just say no philosophy of drugs back in the 80s, right? I think we look at that now and say, well, that's not going to work. There's a lot more going on than just th that they don't know to say no, right? <laughs> and so that's what we're doing though with the diets though. This It's because it's this idea that all you need, I'm going to give you this magical meal plan. Then what? What? You're going to follow it to the letter? Like all of a sudden you're going to have some magical amount of willpower or some, what? What's different about you now with this meal plan that was that's different from the last meal plan? The problem isn't the information on the page. The problem is you don't know how to change your thinking. You don't know how to change how you feel and you don't know how to change your behavior. That's the problem. And no diet's ever teaching you that. So why would you ever get different results? So, you know, I, I tell you this stuff so that you can start to be more strategic and intelligent with how you're going to go about this, you know? Because I know, I know you. I know, that's the thing. Listen, you may not believe this. I, I, well, actually, I'll take a chance to say this. One of the things I wanted to do to help people live at their goal weight for free is for you to see me work with someone. Okay. So I'm looking, if you are someone who is open to doing a, a coaching call with me, I will literally do a coaching call with you for free. If you'll let me tape it and put it up on as a podcast. And if you could, when you see me working with some, you'll very quickly see 
that you're living in this trance and you're nowhere even close to the solution. And it doesn't take a lot because I know you're, you're a smart person. Every, every one of my clients is brilliant, very, very smart people. They're very successful in one area of their lives and they can't map it over to the weight loss area. That, that's my client in a nutshell, you know? And so you got this super powerful brain and you're thinking all the time, but it's just like the computer thing, Geigo, right? Garbage in, garbage out. You've got all this shit running around in your brain so you're not getting any results because you got all this dieting bullshit. You know, that's what you're, you're cycling through and it's not bringing you anywhere close to the results you want. You know, and when you watch this process happen of get to the real core of what's going on, it, it's, it's enlightening. It's very compelling. So anyways, if you want a, a coaching call with me, you know, and you're, and you're willing to let me videotape and put it up. And if anything personal comes up, you know, we can cut out that stuff. But, um, if you're willing to do that, shoot me an email, you know, you can get my email. It's Jim at program yourself, Um, if you're on TikTok, you can just go to my, my bio and it's, there's an email button, just literally click it and send me an email and then we'll set it up. But, um, Someone says, by the way, strangely enough, the Heinz and Trump families both hail from the same small village in Germany. Oh, that's interesting. Did not know that. What program are you taking? Hypnotize yourself. Program yourself then. That's my program. And um, before you even ask, or if anyone asks it, you, you can't just join it, okay? Because that's one of the big things that the, the diet industry is built on this, that you, you know they're, they're waiting for you to get that, pain, that spontaneous pain situation where you step on the scale, you see the pictures, you get really upset, and you say, that's, I'm going to start a plan. And you, and you just, you do it. There's no real commitment there. It's just this emotional, I'm going to do it. And then you don't do it because there was never a commitment there to begin with. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with that, you know? And so anyone in my program, you've got to be committed. And so I kind of put these little hoops up that you got to jump through to, to get into the program, you know? I mean, anyone can do it, but it's like, you have to actually take action. You can't just go to a page and sign up. And so, um, if you're even interested, you have to, again, go into the description, go in my bio, click on that link, put your name and email address, click on the thing, watch the training. And then if the training resonates with you, if you can watch a half hour training, you know, then I'll tell you about the program and then, you know, we'll take it from there. But if you can't sit and watch a half hour training, if you're not motivated enough, you don't have the ability to do that, then my program wouldn't work for you anyways. You know, just so if anyone's asking that, but yeah, program yourself then. What can you recommend us to do? Well, the first step is to realize that diets don't work and that you need a more robust, holistic, complete approach to mastering your weight. The idea that you just need some meal plan. There's no meal plan in the world that's just going to change everything for you. So it's like, if you could just stop thinking like diets are going to be the solution. If you could stop saying, I know what to do. I just need to get myself to do it and start saying, how do I get myself to do it? That That's what you want to do. Okay. That'll, that'll start bringing down a whole different path. You know, the problem isn't what you need to learn in terms of eating. I said, I could give you a book this big with all the nutrition of nutritional information of every food on the planet. That ain't going to help you lose weight at all. You know what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. Problem is you can't get yourself to do it. The, it's the behavior problem you have. It's not an information problem. You know? um, someone says, I've been eating like 10,000 calories. How can I get out of it? Help. That's a lot of calories. Um, yeah, I mean, something like that, like 10,000 calories, like that's going to... I'll give you I'll give you a clue, though. Let, let me give you a, an idea. You're not going to like this probably because you're so conditioned and hypnotized when it comes to weight loss. One of the paradigms that you exist in is that it's got to be fast. Right. Weight loss. If you really boil it down, weight loss is coded subconsciously as a temporary thing. OK, I'm going to go on a diet so I can lose the weight. And it's thought of as a short term temporary thing. And because of that, you think of it like a sprint. And because of that, if you're running a sprint, and you trip, you're going to lose the race. Right. Perfection is the only thing that's, you know, acceptable. You know, so you're locked into this thing where it's like you have to, like, start on day one. Um, perfect. 
And, and this is, so the average American consumes 2,700 calories a day. The average diet, and they're changing this now, but I don't forget, the average diet was telling you to cut down, start day one, 1,200 calories a day. Why? Because if you can't lose weight almost instantly, then you're not going to be, you're not going to stick with it, you know? But at the same time, it's too much. It's like, if I want to learn the piano and I say, I just want to learn the piano as fast as I can, I'm going to start playing eight hours a day. Well, maybe I can get through the first day and the second day, my fingers are like this. I can't practice anymore. That's metaphorically what you're doing yourself with the weight loss. You're going, you're way overcorrecting way too fast. So say you're eating 10,000 calories. Uh, last thing in the world I'd suggest to you, no biggest loser style. That show, again, it's notice the same narrative. The narrative's always the same. That's why I tell you about it. It's the diet hypnosis you're in. You're in hypnosis. Don't be asking me if you can be in hypnosis. The way you think about weight loss is a hypnotic trance that you're in. And um, a big part of it is that you start day one being perfect. So I would say if you're eating 10,000 calories a day, that I would start by, can I cut it down to nine? And then let me get used to that. Let me cut it down to another thousand. You know? Can you imagine though? That sounds like the craziest idea when it comes to weight loss, doesn't it? You guys are like, ah, well, I was with you till then. Oh, I'm just going to cut 10%. Oh God, that's going to take me forever. <laughs> right? Because you're just thinking, I just want to lose weight as fast as possible. But I suggest you start focusing on losing it for as long as possible. Because how long do you want to lose the weight for? Right? Listen, the strategies, weight loss strategies and weight mastery strategies are usually very, very different. Ironically, the weight mastery strategy is usually a lot easier because we're not trying to do it all at once, right? Your weight loss strategies are extreme because you're only accepting fast, instant results. Now, there's a reason why. It's not just programming. It's the way your brain is. Cognitive biases. Look them up because it would be really helpful for you to understand what you're working with here with your brain. All right. And you probably don't. So cognitive biases are biases that are built into us through evolution. And so one of them we have is that we discount the future, right? So if I say, I'll give you a hundred dollars now, or $150 in two years, most people are going to take the hundred dollars now. Right. And so our brain discounts the future. And so what's happening with weight loss, one of the big challenges you have is the time frame, right? So if you could eat well today and be 20 pounds lighter tomorrow, it'd be really easy to lose weight in the same way. If I ate like shit today and I was 20 pounds heavier tomorrow, it'd be easier to eat well. Okay, but that's not the case. The case is that that weight loss is somewhere in the future and it feels indefinite and uncertain. And so you get like, oh, I got the cookie now, guaranteed pleasure, or I might potentially have some weight loss in the future. And, uh, well, you know what? I could eat the cookie now and I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> and so psychologically, you're not set up to succeed. Certainly not with a diet. It is a challenge losing weight because of those factors, you know? So you got to recognize those and, and, you know, learn how to strategize around them. But again, this idea that you just want to lose weight quickly, again, I get it, right? And so you try and lose weight as fast as possible. You stay motivated. But I don't know. I focus on a whole different strategy that, that, that takes that into account. It's way more effective. Someone says, say the six again, please. It was eight. Eight. eight well, I don't know if it's the eight mindset or I'll, I'll go through with them right now. So your lifestyle. And I'll tell you this. And I don't mind telling you, but I, I like to ask you, there's new people on here, is when I say, you know, you need to change your lifestyle, what does that mean to you? Because I think it's just a buzzword for most people. I don't really know, have any, it doesn't have any meaning. I'm going to break down what I teach people in my program that we help implement. Eight things, eight habits, okay? Sleeping, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. Eight, eight of those, okay? And you have to do it in a systematic way. You can't just dedicate your life to becoming a yogi tomorrow, okay? You got a life you're living. You got a life <laughs> that you're leading. So you need to make it simple. You never have a simple way to, to get those habits in, all right? Um, and then if you're talking about the mindset piece, 
right? So the mindset piece, let me break it down to you. Okay, I'm going to challenge you again, right? You may be one of these people who says, you know what? I don't need a diet. I need to shift my mindset. Okay, that's good. But what, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by mindset? And, and I only say this to you. I'm testing you just to let you know what you don't know, okay? Is that you probably don't know what mindset means. Or, oh, I got to change my thinking. What does that mean? You know, so anyways, in my program, the, the, the six components, everything in my program, is, it's based around these blueprints that you follow. That's the core of it. Um, there, there's other things as well, hypnosis-wise, but it's the core of these blueprints. So the mindset piece is uh, motivation. That's the first step, how to motivate yourself. I take to what I call the motivation matrix. Level one's pain and pleasure, and level two is intrinsic-extrinsic motivation. Um, so that's motivation is the first step, because without motivation, nothing else matters. You're not going to do anything. So you need to know how to motivate yourself to the level you're ready to run through a brick wall. I mean, really motivated. That's probably the most useful thing you can do. But then the real work starts and it starts with the self-image, your identity, how you think about yourself. If you've been overweight for 20 years, you think of yourself as an overweight person. And while you may not like it, you're comfortable and familiar with it. You know how to be that person in the world. And becoming a thin person, it upsets the apple cart in your life. Believe it. It, it, it changes the relationships in your life. It makes you a different person. And that feels weird. So you have to account for that. So we have motivation, self-image, habits. Do you know habits? <laughs> Do you really know what they are? Or you just know your bad habits and you try to stop them. You know, you got to know the nuts and bolts of them so you can strategically change them. It makes it way easier. Uh, then we go to emotions, how to feel the emotions you want, how to deal with the emotions you don't want to feel. Because right now your main emotional strategy is probably food-based. Then there's thinking. A breakdown thinking, your mindset. Do you know fixed and growth mindset? Do you know solution and problem-oriented thinking? Do you know about your internal dialogue and how you're constantly hypnotizing yourself? Do you know about transformational grammar? Do you know how to ask the proper questions that get you way better results, right? That's the thinking part. And then there's maintenance. How to maintain yourself from day one. And I'm not talking about maintenance when you get to your goal weight. You need to be able to maintain from day one to day two, <laughs> week one to week two. What are you doing to step on the scale and it's not what you wanted? What do you do when all of a sudden stress, you know, life dumps a bunch of shit on your head? What do you do when you know everything goes south? Like there's there's actual situations that you have no way to deal with because the way you think about weight loss and you don't realize this till I'm about to say it is that you do it like when you're everything in life's kind of going right. You know, so it's like when life's okay, okay, now I can lose weight. Let me fix on it because it takes 100% of your effort and focus, you know? So what do you do when life kicks you in the gut? Do you have a strategy? Probably not. You just hope you'll stick with it, okay? So there's strategies, you know, so much of it's strategy. And once you have the right strategies, everything becomes way easier. Um, someone says the only way I can lose weight is by eating less calories. Yeah, of course. That's the same for everyone. You have to create a caloric deficit. You have to consume, here's the holy grail of weight loss, is you have to consume less calories while feeling satisfied. And once you can do that, weight loss becomes pretty easy. Well, easier. It's never easy. Simple, not easy. <laughs> um, I started eating 1,500 calories and can't lose weight. Okay, I'm glad you said that. And I don't know your situation, so I may or may not be accurate here. But I see this all the time. People say, well, I, I cut my calories on 1,200 calories and I lost any weight. And I say, well, how, how long? You know, that's the first question is how long, you know, because what I find now I'm going to hit you with a little bit of science and a little bit of anecdotes, you know, so I don't know how accurate all this is, but I find a lot of times that people will cut the calories down pretty extreme. So if you're cutting your calories down again, let's just go because no one tracks their calories when they're not eating well, pretty much. <laughs> right? We've got to assume that, right? No one's really tracking their calories until they want to lose weight and then they're eating better and then they're tracking them. 
So let's just go with what's the average American eating, you know? And again, that, that number has been put at 2,700. So let's just stick with that. Okay. But, um, let's just go down to 1500 calories, right? So that's a 1200 calorie reduction, which is about 40, 40, 45%. So to cut 40, 45% of your calories on day one and then stick with it is a huge cut. And so this starvation mode thing is probably where you think I'm going with this. And I am a little bit, right? Because there is this aspect that your body, all of a sudden there's this huge reduction in calories. And I think it makes sense that your body starts releasing cortisol and other chemicals that trigger your body to hold, let's slow down. Let's hold on to this. You know, stress hormones cause you to hold on to the weight because it might be famine is usually, again, remember your body and brain evolved in a food scarce environment. And so as soon as this huge drastic cut in, in food, to me, it always makes sense that your body's going to start going to lockdown mode. Okay. But that's only part of it. So that's a physical part. And I believe in that. I, I really do. Um, and then though, the more important part is the mindset piece. Okay. Because as soon as you restrict your calories like that, it's, it's very intense and it takes over your brain structures. All of a sudden your brain starts focusing differently. It starts literally creating like a, uh, it starts slowing down time, you know? So three days of eating 1500 calories feels like five weeks right? So there's time distortion going on. Um, all of a sudden your whole system starts obsessing and zooming in on food, right? Because it's such an extreme shift. And now you're like obsessed with food, you know, um, you're restricting dopamine. So you feel like shit, you feel totally deprived. Right. And so in that situation, I always say, well, how long did you keep the calorie reduction? And, you know, I don't know. I, I've seen people that say, well, a month, two months, that's a long time. And I don't, I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but, but let's just say a month or two, because I've seen this a lot too, but people cut those calories down. They're not losing the weight, you know, but they're doing it in a very stressful way. And so I think the body holds on to the calories a lot. And I think people eat more than they think they're eating personally. And I think, because every part of your body is, is misstating what you're eating. Eh, you know, so I don't know, like if you're in a lab and you're counting them, that's one thing, but if you're just doing it on your own, if you're eyeballing it, you know, you're, you're probably inaccurate with your calories, most likely, you know, but then there's the big one. What I see, I've noticed this and this is the anecdotal part, take it for what it's worth. But one pattern I've noticed with a lot of people is that they start and they're really obsessed with the calories and losing weight and all this stuff. And after they work with me for a while, I help shift that, that focus from the weight loss and the calories to feeling better. And to really acknowledging this as a process of forever, right? I want to master my weight. I want to live and be the person I really want. I want to feel as amazing as I can. I want to feel as much energy as I can. I want to be lean. I want to be flexible. I want to feel strong. I want to feel alive. I want to have a healthy, just body that's humming along. And as soon as that shift kind of happens, it doesn't happen all at once. It happens. It does seem to happen all at once, but it's like that critical um, escape velocity, right? So like when a rocket shoots up into space, most of the gas is used up in the first part of it, right? The hard part is getting the rocket just to get off the ground, right? And then it's to get it through the, the atmosphere. But after it starts getting some momentum and the, the atmosphere gets a little thinner, then it takes less and less energy, okay? So I see this a lot with, with the weight loss, where at first they're so obsessed with the weight and so obsessed with the food and, and just... It's, it's like it creates this, they're activating their sympathetic nervous system, their fight, flight, or freeze response, right? And I think like they're freezing their weight loss almost, I swear. So I'm, this is anecdotal, take it or leave it, you know? Um, but then there's this moment where they just like, okay, this is how I want to live. This is kind of nice, you know? Because in my program, we orient to other stuff other than just the weight loss. You have to, I think, you know? And it's at that point where they just like kind of accept it and they just kind of, okay, 
this is cool. I, I like this. I'm getting this. All right. And it's almost like they, they stop becoming a, it's like the, the moment they shift from being a dieter to becoming a thin person. And even if they're not actually thin yet, their, their mindset shifts. And that is where I see a lot of the weight start coming off. So I don't know why. I don't think it's a mindset thing. I don't think like their mind is causing them just all of a sudden lose weight. But what I do think is happening is I think their mind and their nervous system are becoming more conducive to losing weight. I think when you're more relaxed and calm and not focused on weight loss, not focused on food, focused on other things, I think that's the ideal state to actually lose weight. I, I say this all the time where I believe you have to make the weight loss secondary. I think making the weight loss the primary focus is is a fool's errand. I think you know you have no motivate. You have there's no brain structures, no body structures that want you to lose weight. There's not a part of you that wants you to lose weight. You were evolved in a food scarce environment. You know your body and mind want you to put more weight on. Okay, um, so it, it I think it's important to orient this whole process towards something other than weight loss um, that's more motivating intrinsically, naturally to us that also creates weight loss. All right, I'll leave it at there. But yeah, they can't lose weight. I think it's just like, it's almost like you're holding your breath trying to lose weight. And I just think that that way of being, now you may not be like that. So I'm totally off with you, by the way. If your name's Claudine, I see W Claudine. Um, so, so that may not be, you know, your, your situation. But I see that a lot where people try and lose weight and they're just so tense trying to do it. Sympathetic nervous system, fight, flight, or freeze system fully activated. And it just doesn't seem like the right way to, to make it happen. Someone says, how can I develop indifference for my favorite sugary treats? Yeah, oh, that's a good question. Um, how do you develop indifference for my favorite sugary treats? Okay, so let's talk about this. Um, I would say the way to think about this is all foods are good and bad. Sugary treats are good and bad. Uh, candy bars, good and bad. Ice cream, good and bad. Salads, good and bad. All of them, good and bad. Uh, sugary treats, they taste good. The consumption of them is enjoyable. Dopamine release feels good. The consequence of the sugary treat, not so good. Now, I'm not talking about the consequence of the weight gain. That's too far in the future to really mean much to you, so I wouldn't focus on that. I'm talking about the consequence five, 10 minutes after you finish eating the sugary treat. If you're a person who wants to lose weight, who's not happy with your current weight and health situation, um, after you eat the sugary treat, there's a lot of negative consequences that are just right on the other side of that. Now, they're not necessarily physical. And the physical ones that are there, you're, you're, you're insensitive. You're, you're not sensitive enough to even notice them at this point. But what you can notice is the mental and emotional consequences. They're right there. The mental consequences are how you think about yourself, what you say to yourself after you've eaten the sugary treat. You want to lose weight, and I ate the candy bar again. God damn it. Why did I do that? What's wrong with me? I did it again. Because right? um, you have this internal dialogue, and it gets very, very negative. Okay, And then there's the emotional consequence. Oh. Yeah, I let myself down. Or you're angry with yourself. Or you're frustrated. Or you feel despondent or whatever negative emotion goes with it. Okay. So one of the key things I could say that I do, this is very simplistic, but I think it's a good way to understand it. What I do to help people change their reading that I think is more impactful than anything else is that I help them reprogram their subconscious mind so that they subconsciously focus more on the consequence of the food that's just right on the other side of finishing it than on the consumption. Every single food ad you see is focusing you on the consumption of the food. That, that moment of putting in your mouth, eating it, that joy and that pleasure that, that comes with it. Okay, They fixate you on that. And it's a hypnosis process. They, they've gotten you subconsciously. When you think about ice cream, you think about eating it. right? You don't think about what it's like 10 minutes after you're done eating it. You see? But you can. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just hypnosis. There's no difference. So me right now, like I 
when I think about what I'm, I'm going to eat, I'm thinking about the consequence primarily. I'm just doing it on autopilot. You see, I'm thinking about what, what I want to eat. Now, I still get pleasure of food because I structure my eating. I have, you know, a, a section of the week that's clean eating for, for nourishment and health. It doesn't mean I always eat clean, but that's the goal. That's the orientation. And then I have a chunk of the week that is eating for pleasure. You see, so I have both those things still, but I strategically have manipulated so that when I'm in the clean eating time, I'm thinking of making my food decisions and I'm thinking about what's the consequence. How am I going to feel on the other side of eating that? Right. And um, so, so indifference kind of comes from that in a sense. Um, now, another way I, I do literally help people create indifference, you can literally, yeah, it's hypno, it takes a little more than the time that I have here, but I'll give you the quick and short version of it is that when you think about certain foods, you're, you get kind of aroused with it, right? You, you kind of activate um, excitement and all the rest of it. It's the way you're thinking about it. And again, part of that is the consumption piece of it because you're thinking about, well, let's just say, let's just say candy bars, right? You love candy bars. And so how do you, when you think about a candy bar, especially when you're hungry, you get excited, you get compelled to eat it, okay? And part of that's because of how you're thinking about it. You know, so you're thinking about the last time you ate one, you're thinking about what it tastes like, what it feels like in your mouth, biting into it, chewing it, swallowing it, that pleasure, taking another bite, chewing it, swallowing it, and the anticipation, getting it or having it, I'm going to eat this. Okay. Um, and that's how you're thinking about the candy bar or whatever the food is. And so as you condition yourself and program yourself to start thinking on the consequence instead, because they're both just as real. That's why this is important. You know, I'm not saying the consequence is gaining weight. That's, that's so far in the distance in the future, it means nothing to your mind, okay? But the consequence on the other side of finishing the food is very real, and it's right there. And so if I just popped up, if you're about to eat an ice cream, um, a scoop, bowl of ice cream, if I pop up and I say, hold on one second, quick, um, how are you going to feel five minutes after you finish eating that ice cream? And I, and I, I say, how are you going to feel mentally? What are you going to think about yourself? How, what are you going to say to yourself, okay? What are you going to feel emotionally, Okay. How are you going to feel physically? Okay. And if you keep on doing that night after night, week after week, how are you going to feel about eating this ice cream? Okay, cool. All right. See you later. Do what you want. Now, I'm not saying you won't still eat the ice cream, but you'll notice that 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 feels a lot different now. Okay. And so how we're thinking about things is dictating how we feel about them and how we feel about them dictates how we behave with them. Understand that equation, right? Your behavior is the result of how you feel in the moment and how you feel is the result of how you're thinking. So we want to change how you think primarily because that's going to change how you feel and then how you feel is going to change how you behave. And then how you change how you behave is going to change how you, your body, your weight, your health, all those things. Um, yeah, I want to be just as indifferent to those treats as well. Yeah, and you can develop that. You know, again, it's just it's just training your mind. There's more to it than that. So that's why I don't like to just give like kind of simplistic techniques about the context, but you know, there you are. But there's a lot more to it than that. So if that if that was powerful, it, it's a lot more than that. But someone says, can people use the method you teach for self hypnosis for weight management to hypnotize themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in other areas of their lives. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because it's your mind. Your mind's driving everything. You know, every single area of your life, whatever results you're getting. Now, again, some areas of your life, you're getting good results and some areas you're not getting good results. But I want you to recognize that they're both running on autopilot to some degree. It, it's your subconscious programming, you know? And so if you want to change it, we want to change your subconscious program. It's not your logical, rational mind. It's not that you don't know you should lose weight. It's not that you don't know how to do it. It's that you don't know how to change the behavior consistently. Right? What is a trance state, an unconscious state where you're on autopilot? Yeah, I would say that's a good one. Where, where, yeah, so so it's like when you're not thinking critically, when you're very emotional. 
So again, when people pick a diet, it's one of the most common trans states, right? When you step on that scale, finally, when, but even the scale is what it is. But I, usually what I find, people see a picture of themselves. That's like probably one of the number ones, right? And so it's like, yeah, you've been thinking about losing weight a long time. You know, you're not happy with your body, all the rest of it. But then I'll see a picture of yourself and you just like are horrified. And it's like, you're so upset. You say, I don't give a shit what I got to do. I, I'm going to lose this weight. That's a trans state, right? Because you know, I don't care what I got to do. I just want to lose this weight. And then what do you do? You pick some extreme plan that you never tried before, or you try some plan that hasn't worked last 20 times, right? That's an illogical thing to do, isn't it? Like, why would you do that? Why would you do it again? It's not going to work. You don't even believe it's going to work if you're rational about it, but you're so emotional. You're just going for it. You know, that's a trans state. You're just very emotional. You're not using your conscious, logical mind. So can you still enjoy sweets and stuff, but learn to not crave them? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can use them appropriately. And I always say this, that, I mean, you know, if you're struggling with your weight, come on, it, it's a, it's an addiction. Okay. It's a food addiction. No, it's not like drugs. Cause it's not going to physical withdrawals, but another definition of addiction is that when you can't stop doing something that's harmful to you. Okay. So in that sense, food's an addiction. You can't stop eating it. You know, you want to, you know, you want to lose the weight. You can't stop yourself. Okay. So once we recognize that, we recognize, okay, I'm going to need more than there, there's a lot more going on here. Just like if, it, if any other addict, what if, a, what if a, you knew a drug addict? I'm like, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to stop. I'm, just, I'm done. I'm done with these drugs. <laughs> it's like, okay. And that's why we say when our friend comes up and says, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just going to start this diet. What do you think in the back of your mind? You know what I mean? And you're not wrong to think that. You know, you're not being a jerk friend because you're like, yeah, uh, I doubt it. Because we're in the just say no to drugs phase with the food right now. We're, we're going to look back on this in 20 years. We're going to look back at how people try to lose weight with diets and we're going to laugh at them. And we're going to look at it same the cigarettes, right? We're going to look at these foods that we're eating and the weight. We're going to look at much more like we look at cigarettes now because cigarettes, you know, in the fifties, no one thought they caused cancer. You know, now we do. Now we link that together. We don't think about the weight. We're always minimizing the effects of it, but the weight is taking years off of your life. It's taking quality off of your life in a dramatic way. You know, you just don't think about it that way. You know, and so at some point you're going to, but we're going to look back at dieting. We're going to look at just, does anyone think that just say no to drugs was a good strategy was effective? Does anyone think that anymore? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> we recognize that there's deeper issues going on that need to be resolved first, and then we can have a chance. Well, why would it be any different with the food? You really think what you just think you don't know what to eat. Yes, you do. <laughs> so, um, so what, what that means, if you, if you do believe that there's a food addiction aspect to this whole thing, what does make it unique is it's going to, the solution state of you ma mastering your weight is going to have to be a managed addiction. And to be honest, this is somewhere that I'm good at this. <laughs> this is something I took a lot of shit for this in my life because I'm a certified yogi. And so I used to be a binge drinker. And so first off, I was binge drinking for a good four years there. Binge drinking more than anyone else around me. Like, like embarrassingly, ridiculously, dangerously binge drinking. Okay. And I remember saying, I don't want to do this, but I didn't feel it. I never felt comfortable identifying as an alcoholic. And that's my right. People say, oh, you might have an alcoholic. You know what? Listen, this is my life. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't think I'm an alcoholic. I never, that wasn't me. Okay. And whatever. And you have your opinions about that. I, fair enough. But I didn't do that. And so I managed my alcohol. Okay. And I did it in a way where I've been managing it for 30 years it, moderately. Okay. And I'm very comfortable where I'm at with it. Um, but then I became a yogi and I still was drinking, right? I would drink wine, I drink beer in a very moderate, responsible way. But then the yogis would say, how are you going to do yoga and drink? I said, would you rather I did 
just drank it into yoga, <laughs> you know? So it's like, there's always people going to tell you stuff, but I'm a big fan of managing addictions. I, and, and with food, you, I think you have to, because again, remember what I said, your goal weight is the weight that gives you the best quality of life. And so in my world, in my mind, um, never having sweets again, uh, would not be a good quality of life. Okay. So I looked at myself, how can I get the most enjoyment possible out of sweets? And to me, the answer was what living at my goal weight. And then when I eat sweets, there's zero guilt. And so I moderate the sweets for sure, but I still eat them every single week. And, and I enjoy the hell out of them when I eat them. And some weeks I eat more than others. Okay. But it's a managed, it's managed addictions. And so I think again, the diets don't set you up for success because they're just all or nothing. I think you have to be all or something. Okay. How do you manage these foods? And you need to have, instead of being black or white, you need to learn to live in the gray space. Now, Americans in general are not good at nuanced thinking, okay? If you didn't know that, okay? But then on top of that, being a dieter is even less nuanced thinking. And that, that, those, thought, those thought prisons is what they are. Those thoughts are keeping you away from being able to live in your goal body. I can promise you. Um, yeah. So you can still enjoy sweets and stuff, but learn to not crave them. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you absolutely can. You can reduce the cravings by the way you think and the way you live. You can reduce your cravings tremendously. Yep. Absolutely. There's a strategy to cravings, you know, now it's one you got to work out for yourself um, to some degree. But I mean, there's a process to do that. You know, that, that's what I work on with people. Uh, I have cravings. I have to manage them. OK, so, for example, the holiday seasons, I was eating lots and lots of cookies. So eating lots and lots of cookies, I expected and I experienced increased cravings for cookies and sugar, okay? But I was aware of it the whole time. I was managing it the whole time. And then when it was after the holidays, I want to ramp it back down. I got strategies to ramp it back down. Actual strategies, physical, like strategies of what I'm doing to my body, lifestyle strategies, and mental strategies of how I'm thinking about it. And, and I bring the cravings back down, you know? So I'm aware of the whole process. I'm managing it the whole time. It's like driving a car. You know, I, I got that speedometer. I'm watching where I'm at and I'm, I'm constantly kind of measuring it. That's the reality of weight mastery, by the way. You know, so it's completely flies in the face of how you think about weight loss. And this will just point out to you how little you think about it is that you think about like, oh, I'm just going to lose the weight. Well, and then what? Well, then I'll just be thin. I'll, I don't know. I'll just, I don't know what I'll deal with that then. You see? And then maybe if you even get to that point, where you lost the weight. Now you're like, well, what do I do now? You know, because even the people that lose the weight, they get there by being extremely rigid most of the time. And now they have no idea how to live in this gray space, you know? And my program, we're living in the gray space from day one because we're set up for weight mastery. That's the orientation is weight mastery from day one. You living at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. That's the goal. Isn't that a better goal? So I just want to lose the weight because you don't just want to lose the weight. That's part of the problem now. You've lost the weight before and then put it back on. And you've done it so many times you can't even get yourself motivated to start a plan now. So you you better recognize that that goal isn't even motivating to you anymore. Someone said, this is so good. Thank you. You are welcome. You're welcome. Glad you're enjoying it. Um, someone said, I made a rule that I had to drink water before I eat and drink anything. Well, that is a great rule. It's a great rule. They say, I am on 1,200. I'm going to assume that's 1,200 calories. If that works for you, but if you're struggling day and night with cravings at 1,200 calories, then I would say, eat more food. And manage the impatience. <laughs> Because your impatience is the biggest mental challenge you probably have, emotional challenges. You're so impatient to lose weight that you'll only do extreme plans. And then you can't stick with the extreme plans. And so then you can't lose any weight. 
But then you get so upset that you got to lose weight immediately. And then you have no patience. And you only choose an extreme. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're on the same path over and over again. Again, that's why the orientation towards weight mastery is so, so important. Because the orientation towards weight loss is a trap. It's a, it's a carnival trick. And it's going to have you on the hamster wheel. And you'll, you'll probably, honestly, not to be a jerk, but, but I'm just being honest. But with that, that mindset, you're probably never going to lose the weight. You'll just be on the, the trap. Now, I just say this to you. You don't have to say what I'm saying is true. But look at your past. Has that been the, the pattern? You know, you keep cutting extreme amounts of calories down. And 1,200 calories down is extreme. Okay? Here's what I'd suggest calorie-wise. I'm not saying this isn't exact, but none of this shit is. Okay? But um, let's just say you're 200 pounds and you want to lose 40 pounds. Okay? You would say that is a 20% weight loss. Right? To go from 200 pounds to 160 pounds. A 40-pound weight loss from 200 pounds is 20%. Okay? And so what I would suggest to someone is cut your calories by 20%. And let's maintain that for a couple months and see where you're at. So let's see what happens. And if you don't lose all the weight you want, great. But at least you're used to the 20% down. This idea that you're going to day one cut 40, 45, 50, 60% of your calories. Like, that's what I mean. You'd have to be in a hypnotic trance to do that and think that's going to work. And you'd really have to be in a trance if you've tried that 50 times and it hasn't worked and you keep trying it. You know, what's that to say, right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Well, that's also the definition of being in a trance. Like if you keep trying to cut that many calories out and you did, that's the only thing that's acceptable to you, right? Why? Because you're a perfectionist. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. Okay. Well, doing it right keeps getting you stuck. You're not getting any results. That's not doing it right. You're better off doing it wrong consistently and getting some results, <laughs> you know? But again, you don't even realize you keep doing the same thing. That's why I'm trying to be on here. Uh, for me, it's my health pre-diabetic. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the pre-diabetic thing, it's important. That's a big one. Good to focus on it. How do I stop eating the bad things and leftovers my kids leave? Yeah, that's a challenge for sure. Um, that's a multifaceted solution, you know, and some things are. <laughs> Can you believe it? Multifaceted, meaning you can't just rely on willpower because... There's more at stake there, you know? Um, how do I stop eating the bad things leftovers my kids leave? I'm, I'm not, I, I have an answer. I'm just trying to think about how to make it simple because I work at this a lot. I'm not going to answer that, okay? What I'm going to do is say this. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to say, and I don't mean it, I'm not beating you guys up. I I, I, I think you know that, but I get, I get so frustrated sometimes with the diet mentality because the diet thing, you know, you just want me to tell you something and then you just do it, okay? But weight loss is much more like learning to play the piano, right? And so you could learn, you could read 10 books on how to play the piano by the best piano players that ever lived. And at the end of those 10 books, if you haven't practiced at all, you're no better at playing the piano, okay? And so weight loss is like this, where you think you just need some information that's gonna change everything, when in reality, you've got all the information you need pretty much, and you just need to start practicing and optimizing, okay? And so there's no simple answer for this. I mean, if you were one of my clients, I get, we talk about this and we would break it down. And we say, well, what's something you can do um, to, to get better at it? And then you would say whatever that thing is. And we would talk about the actual strategy. And we would talk mostly about your mindset. How do you feel when you're around those foods? How are you thinking when you're around those foods? Because you're literally hypnotizing yourself to eat them. You just don't realize it. And it's hard for me not to talk to you to, to be able to do this. That's why, again, I say, if you want a free coaching session with me, one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm going to videotape it. We're going to put it up in the, in the world. Um, but if you're that type of person... Uh, I will work with you and we will do a call and uh, we'll videotape and put it out there. But this is exactly the type of thing. It's hard for me to the one question because 
we need to get to the specifics and um, you don't know what those specifics are and I can't go back and forth with you. But again, it'd be very compelling for you to see this, you know, because it would really make it clear what I'm talking about here in a contextual way. Um, hey, Rose, I see you, Rosa. Uh, an eating addiction is a rational, emotional, emotional compulsive, and it leads to guilt, shame. It's unconscious as well. An eating addiction, impulsive as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. The eating addiction. Again, it's just the idea, like, it's an eating addiction in the sense, and what do I think an addiction is? I mean, it's not a life sentence. I mean, there's there's people that stop doing drugs. There's people that stop the worst addictions that exist every day. You know, so you can do it. I just, I say the addiction thing because... It's like with the weight loss, you're just like I was saying. I use this metaphor: you're bringing a stick to a to a gunfight, to a bazooka fight. You know, you're just woefully unprepared with this idea that, oh, I got my new my new meal plan. Gonna succeed. I got my meal plan. It's like you know you know what it's like. Going back to the piano thing, it'd be like, okay, you want to play the piano? Here's some sheet music. All right, I'll see you later. You know, I was like, oh, I can't read music. That's not the same thing. Okay, well, guitar, there's tab, right? And so tab just shows you the six strings and where to put your fingers on the frets, okay? So there you go. Here you go. There you go. There's how to play the music. You know, that's what a diet's like. It's like, it's it's missing 95% of the context that's going to help you succeed, you know? And so I think that thinking of it as an addiction, at least it makes you think of, there's more to it. It's not just a problem that you don't know. It's not like the drugs, just say no. You think these people, Nancy Reagan, did you think these people didn't know to say no? Did you think they know it's not good for them? Is that what you think the problem is that no one told them to say no to it? Do you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm being snarky, but it's like, that's that I say that about the diets because that's how people approach the diets. Like, it's just to say, oh my God, I didn't know. I'm, I'm eating too many, I'm eating too many refined carbs. I just got to stop eating refined carbs. Thank you, keto. Yeah, I'll just get rid of all the carbs. Sweet. I'm all set. Nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that's, that's fine. It's a fine philosophy, but it's like, again, there's way more to actually implementing it. And people just, just gloss right over that part constantly, you know, on to the next tactic. Mm, ain't enough, you know? All right. <laughs> Do I eat chocolate? Yeah, I eat chocolate. I eat chocolate probably every day. Um, yeah, and I use it strategically. So it's like that's been, I'll give you the keyword. I'll, I'll give you the keyword that I like to use that people don't usually apply to weight loss is I like to optimize. I, like I'm addicted to optimizing. So even like, like this is why I say to people, like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And they want, they want me to give them the whole plan, you know? And I say, just start where you're at. Just like the person said, I want to eat 10,000 calories a day. So it's like, everyone, oh, well, what you got to do is you got to cut down to 20, 2,500 calories. You know, I'm not just going to say that. That's not practical. It's not useful. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions with real people. How do you get actual results? Is it just giving, oh, just tell them what to do. No, it's that you have to help them actually do it, okay? And so, um, you know, where was I going with that? <laughs> oh, chocolate. So the chocolate, so you start where you're at and you start optimizing in small and strategic ways. The kind of the 1% philosophy, the 1% improvement a day leads to exponential improvement over the year, you know? And so you start with where you're at and just slowly and systematically improve it. And I know you don't want to do that because it's like, oh, what's the point? It's going to take too long. Well, you won't be thinking that next year at this time if you've been doing that. You'll be like, thank God. Thank God I changed the way I'm doing this. And I, I start taking a small, smart, strategic action because I've absolutely transformed everything I'm doing. This is unbelievable. This is the biggest change I've ever had in my life. <laughs> you know, that's what you're going to be saying, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's, uh, 
Right. It makes sense when I say it, you know, but no one really approaches. So yeah, I eat chocolate. Cause I, I'll tell you what I did with, with the sweets and the after I like eating like something sweet after dinner most of the time. And so I want to make it strategic. And so to me, my favorite, uh, piece of dessert that I can eat is like a, a good quality chocolate, you know? And, um, the, uh, that, that's kind of what works for me. So it's like, I get more, cause I know like I eat shitty chocolate well, shitty chocolate a, a is is designed to make you crave more of it, okay? And uh, the thing with uh, good chocolate is it's different. Like, I mean, it's fundamentally different for me. And I don't know. I, a lot of people have told me this. I'm sure some people this wouldn't work for. But for me, like, if I could eat like a peanut butter cup, right? That that's my favorite um, kind of junk candy. And so, like, I could eat that, and then I want more of them five minutes later, and then I want another one, and then I want another one, and then I want another one. Okay. And I eat like a high quality chocolate and like, I'll eat it and I feel pretty satisfied and I might have a craving for another one for a minute or two. And then it kind of goes away. Well, that's me. So I don't, maybe you're not like that, but I think if you start optimizing and I look forward to that chocolate, I really enjoy, I get the most out of it. And, um, it's great. And then there's other times in the week where I, I eat as much chocolate as I want or as much dessert as I want. So I factor that in as well, but that's a whole thing. Like being able to look forward to a time when you're going to eat as much dessert as you want. That's a whole part of the process. You know, again, it's not just a cheat day either. It's understanding at a much more psychological level, but having variety and having kind of clean eating days and days where you can eat what you want. Um, th those are important, right? So I would say, but it's about optimizing it around what you want to do, right? Um, oh, intermittent fasting. Yeah. Intermittent fasting. Absolutely. I, I like intermittent fasting. It's a tactic though. Okay. Intermittent fasting in and of itself probably won't be enough. Yeah. Although it, it's probably the, one of the better things out of, everything. Why? Because it's a natural way. Our body was not designed to eat 24 hours a day, right? So it's, um, it's important that you, uh, you know, here's the other thing, right? So your body is, uh, one of the biggest uses of energy in your body is digestion, right? So if you're on here and you feel tired a lot, right? <laughs> um, if you eat less food some of the time, you're going to be able to uh, free up some energy, you know, especially if you're eating at night, right? If you're eating at night right before you go to bed, man, you know, that not only is it like your body's like running a marathon when you're trying to sleep, right? And so uh, I think that's that's a smart way to do it. Intermittent fasting. Now, intermittent fast, I, I do intermittent fast every, every night as part of a broader strategy, okay? Um, and same, so, so the idea of like one meal a day though, that's a thing where it sounds good, but I don't know, would it work for you? Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. So the biggest rule I have is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. Now this is a profound idea with weight loss because we're so conditioned to think like, well, some expert's going to give me some meal plan. Well, they don't know you. They don't know your lifestyle, your, your, your preferences, you know, what you're doing. And so I find that the, the one meal a day thing sounds great. Now I think there's a big difference between the two, right? So intermittent fasting for me, like I stop eating every night, six, seven o'clock at night, and I'll eat the next day by usually eight o'clock. So was that 12, 13 hours? And I never went into it intermittent fasting. I did it as I, I didn't want to eat at night anymore. And it kind of, I was doing intermittent fast before it was popular. <laughs> um, but, but I was, but so I never, I never optimized around that. But I like the idea of optimizing around fasting. You know, I think it's a good one. And the thing I like about it is the semantics of it. Right? Because a lot of people say, okay, I'm not going to eat tonight. I'm not going to eat tonight. I'm not going to eat tonight. But it's funny because the word fasting, it's, it's just a semantic thing, but it's just, it's a, you can imagine like, you can say, I'm going to fast tonight and there's no food involved. 
it, it's a lot different sound. I'm not going to eat ice cream tonight. I'm going to fast tonight. It, it sounds like they're similar, but they're actually different. And it's, I think it's better for saying fasting. Um, but I think fasting, I'll say I'm at 12 hours. If I was like, okay, well, I'm going to fast 12 hours or what? One meal a day. What am I going to fast 23 hours a day? I don't know. If you could do it, I, I don't know. Because I find the biggest mistake, and I'll share this, I say this all the time. I, I regularly get people say, oh, can you help me? I said, what's the problem? Afternoon eating. Afternoon and night, and then dinner, and after dinner is the problem. I said, okay, well, what's, how's breakfast and lunch? Great. Well, what are you eating? Nothing. <laughs> well, what do you want to eat in the afternoon and lunch? What do you want to do there? I don't want to eat anything. You see, that's that mindset. You're in a trap. I don't want to eat anything. I just want to lose weight. HCG diet, 500 calories a day. I don't care. You know, so um, I find that that if you can't just look where the problem is with the eating, you have to look what came before it that created that problem. And a big dieting mindset problem I see that strategy people try, because again, you start the day, your hunger's down here and your willpower's up here. And as the day goes on, this happens, right? And this is usually where the problem starts for people. So they start the day, my hunger's down here, my willpower's up here. I'm not going to eat breakfast. I don't give a shit about breakfast. I forget breakfast. Hey, you know, lunch, let's just skip lunch. Let's forget it. Oh God, I'm kind of hungry. I think I'm going to die. If I don't eat something, I'm going to die. I can only eat crappy food. I better eat it. I'm going to die. Okay. <laughs> and then you're just off to the races, eat like shit for the rest of the day. So it's like, how do we fix that? Is the, is the problem here or is the problem happen over here? So I would say when your appetite's lowest and your willpower is highest is the perfect time to really put something nourishing in your body. You know, if you don't care if you're ready to eat nothing, then just put something 100% nourishing in your body, you know, and now it's going to change the, the trajectory the rest of the day. So um, that's my thoughts on that. Define high quality chocolate. Um, yeah, what's a high chocolate? High quality chocolate, I guess. Yeah, how do I define that? That's a good question. Um, you just got like more uh, like cocoa in it or whatever. It's like a darker chocolate, you know, and it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Now you asked that question. Now that I think about it, what is it? It's darker chocolate. Is that the only thing? I mean, the ingredients are more pure, right? It was like cocoa sugar. It's just like a couple ingredients. Um, you, again, you read the back of, and you can feel it. You know, I, I, if you, if you do eat like higher quality chocolates with more natural ingredients, just whole ingredients, even though it's sugar, I, I get it. But, um, as opposed to like, uh, you know, some of the common, uh, chocolates that are out there with lots of fillers and, and other stuff in it, you know? And I just find the natural, more whole ingredients are more satisfying to me. Uh, and without nothing else being done, no mindset difference. It just, one feels more satisfying to me than the other one, you know? And I tend to think those candies are made in such a way to not satisfy you. I, I believe that, you know? Um, someone says, yet for me, I gain a ton of weight when I intermittent fast to begin with. I lose it, then I have a yo-yo effect. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, again, I mean, you know, we're not used to, when it comes to weight loss, you're not used to thinking in a holistic sense, you know? But if you can start thinking in a holistic sense, it actually makes it easier because you can start being more strategic, you know? So yeah, intermittent fasting, it's about testing things out. Some things work for you and some things don't. But what works for you? That That's the key thing, you know, and building everything around that, all right? But intermittent fasting, again, I, I find the problem with intermittent fasting, I love it as a tactic as part of a fuller strategy. I think the idea that oh, I'm just going to start intermittent fasting Good luck. Good luck. I mean, the chances of you succeeding just intermittent fasting, thinking your brain's because people think, you know, it's such an external focus where you think like you're just going to um, where you think you're just going to all of a sudden just change everything about yourself because that's what you're talking about. Right. How's tomorrow's Monday? And all of a sudden, I'm just all of a sudden going to eat different. How? Like that would require. I mean, it's it's such a huge thing you're thinking about. You're eating three to six, seven times a day, probably. You know, and it's like your eating's dependent on your sleeping, 
how much water you're drinking, the quality of your food, your stress levels, how much you're moving, your mind, and how out of control it is. Uh, you know, it, it's all this stuff are factoring it. So again, intermittent fasting sounds great, but it's like, what happens when all of a sudden you have a shitty day? Do you have the tools to deal with that? You know, and so there's more to it than that. But I do like intermittent fasting as part of the part of the strategy. Um, oh yeah, the intermittent fasting extending life. Well, you know, listen, I mean, like there's a couple of factors to that. I mean, usually if you're gonna intermittent fast, it'll lower your weight. Um, but I think, yeah, it's probably healthier for your body, giving your body a break, you know? Geez, you know, it's like, think about, never mind the tsunami effect of what these foods do to you. Cause most of the foods people are eating when they're eating crappy foods are just powders. And so you're eating this stuff, you eat sugar, you eat flour, it's powder. And so it goes into your body and you're instantly skyrocketing your glucose levels, your blood sugar levels, right? If you're eating sugar, you're spiking your glucose levels and you're spiking your fructose levels because sugar, table sugar that you know of is glucose and fructose. So half of the sugar goes into your blood and half it goes straight to your liver. And if you eat lots of sugar, that's why you have non-fat, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, you know, because it's an overabundance, a tsunami effect. You know, so it's like if your town gets, uh, you know, a foot of water over a week, the systems can handle it. If it gets a foot of water in a day, it overwhelms everything. And so every time that you're eating these powders, you're overwhelming the system in your body. You know, you're instantly almost poisoning your, your blood with this high glucose level. And then your pancreas has to release all this insulin into the blood to try and clear the glucose out because it's inflammatory. And so then it tries to push into the cells. And now you've got the inflammation from the glucose and the inflammation from all the insulin. And then if you keep doing that over and over and over and over again, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's like beating your body up. And so, yeah, when you start taking some breaks from that, <laughs> you allow your body to recover. So yeah, that's going to extend your life, you know? And then if you lower your weight and your, your functioning gets better, that's going to extend your life too. So, it, but it's not just intermittent fasting, you know what I mean? You don't have to intermittent fast to extend your life. If you um, moderate the food, start making it healthier, you know, that, that could have the same effect, okay? Um, Dark chocolate, sweet. Oh, not every day. The one meal a day, every, not every day. I think that's fine. I mean, if, if you if that works for you, I would find that to be hard. What I would be careful of is this, and this is why I don't do long-term fasting anymore, is that uh, anytime that I would do a long-term fast, two, three days, I would get, I would get, it would real, it was really hard. I felt like shit. And then at the end of it, I was obsessed with food. <laughs> so I was like, what am I doing this for? You know, uh, I, I didn't like that, you know, so be careful of that. You know, sometimes if the fasting, like fasting at night works for me, it feels like it, it's feels good. You know, it feels good. I'm, I'm keeping myself balanced. All right. Um, but as soon as I like, okay, I'm gonna stop eating for three days or I'm gonna stop eating for a day. And all of a sudden I get obsessed with food after that. So notice what the after effect of it is well. Okay. And I try and keep myself. Now what I do is I manage my hunger, you know, so, so I'm managing my hunger day in and day out at, at a regular level so that I can eat the way I want to eat. All right. Um, so this is dark chocolate sweet with monk fruit or stevia. Yeah, sure. Um, my biggest problem is stress eating. No, your biggest problem is stress. <laughs> you know, never mind the eating. Um, your biggest problem is stress. And until you figure out a better way to deal with the stress, you'll keep on eating, you know, which is to say that behind every bad behavior is a positive intention. You really got to know that because what you try and do is say, my biggest problem is stress eating. I get rid of the stress eating. Well, another way to think of it is I got to stop using food to relax. That's what stress eating is on the positive flipped around our way. And so what you're saying is I get rid of the stress eating, but what you're simultaneously is I'm getting rid of my ability to relax. And you do that for a day or two. And now you're so stressed that you know, it gives a shit about the weight. I'm, I'm ready to kill someone. 
You see? So it's like your biggest problem isn't the stress eating. It's the, it's the stress and your lack of strategy of how to deal with it in a way that doesn't include food. I hope that clarifies that. There's a huge distinction between those two, right? It's important how we look at things and how we describe them, you know, because it's going to affect our ability to resolve them and solve it, okay? Someone says, I did a 10-day fast, and after day four, I was shocked at how fantastic I felt. Yeah, great. Sure. It can feel amazing. If you're overeating a lot and then you take a break, it can be absolutely incredible, you know, because you're... It's just like your your whole system's so exhausted and overwhelmed, which is another point I want to make with the dieting. People are so depleted, and then they're going to try and do something really hard. Like the way people diet, it's like they're getting ready to run a marathon. It's so intense, and it's like you're so depleted, and then you're going to start it, you know? Um, so anyways, that, that's what I would suggest. Um, someone says, portion size my mom used to leave food even if it was expensive from restaurant fullness. Yeah. Um, yeah, and another one, you, you know, you could... That's one thing I'll say to clean the plate people is that uh, you can you can take the food with you, you know, so I know or, or put it, to, you know, for another day. But I know sometimes like tossing the food out, it feels just wrong. So you can put it into a container and save it. All right. That, that's another option you have. All right, everyone. Cool. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to eat some breakfast or some dinner myself. So uh, thank you for being on this. I appreciate it. Great. I appreciate all the comments, too. It's such good stuff. And I'm glad I can uh, kind of give you some perspective on that and hopefully it's helpful so thank you so much everyone have a great day and i'll talk to you soon bye